Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast. The Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and uh, the season rolls on. Big Patriots win. We've got another great podcast for you. A guy that you've seen out on the field every single snap since he got here in 2010 has not missed a snap. We talked to long snapper, pro bowler, John Weeks, the longest tenured Texan in the Texans locker room. He was limping a few weeks back. I was worried his streak was about to be broken. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the special teams uh, for the Texans that are just really, really taking the NFL by storm. They were ranked in the top two in several statistical categories. We'll talk to him about what, what's changed and what's transpired over the last few years since he's been on special teams. Also, the Texans are facing the Broncos on Sunday. We chat with Phil Milani of Broncos.com and talk to him about what's going on with their new quarterback, Drew Locke, and what are some of the things the Texans will have to look for on Sunday. All right, but first, the quarterback, your in-home Wi-Fi network from anywhere on any device with the all-pro control of Xfinity XFi. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, proud partner of the Deep Slant podcast. Let's get right into it. Let's talk to John Weeks. He's got a lot going on. It's my cause, my cleats on Sunday, a great cause, a few causes, I should say, that he's supporting on Sunday. And we'll talk a little bit about special teams and more with your long snapper, John Weeks. Take a listen. Ten-year veteran, longest tenured Texan. Welcome in. It's been a while since we've chatted. It has been. I'm I'm excited to be here right now. <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of me. Not because at all. This every is... time I see you, you say, when are we going to do an interview? And you're I feel right. like you're mocking me because you actually don't really like to do it. Maybe interviews. a little bit. Maybe, Maybe just, just a, a little, little bit. bit. But I enjoy our time together, so I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. You have snapped on every field goal attempt, extra point, and punt for Houston since signing as a free agent in 2010. I find that outstanding <laughs> and a little hard to believe. How about for yourself? How do you feel knowing that you've never missed a snap on any of those plays? Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an honor, really. Um, it just it just proves to me that, um, you know, I'm, I'm good at my craft, that my, my coaches and teammates trust me. Um, and the other thing, as a snapper, you always want to be durable and dependable. And I, I've been able to do that. And uh, when called upon, I've been able to go out there and, and perform at my best. So I'm um, just thankful. I was thankful for the opportunity continually. I'm still thankful for the opportunity to go out there and do it today. Um, and I love going out there with those guys and competing. I think that's why it was so surprising in week seven at Indianapolis when you got banged up a little bit early in the game mm-hmm. and you were limping badly, <laughs> but you stayed in the game. Like, walk me through that because was that probably the toughest thing that you've had to physically play through? Yeah, you know, that's just one of those situations where I've always told myself as long as I'm not going to hurt my team and I still feel I can go out there and perform my job to the best of my abilities and be there for my guys and I'm going to do it. Um, it was a situation, I unfortunately rolled my ankle pretty bad, um, you know, it hurt to put a little bit of weight on it, but I was still able to, after the guys, um, the training staff got me all taped up to go out there and do my job and, and be there for my guys when they needed me. So um, I've always told myself, again, if, if I can do that, that's what I was going to do. So there was never any uh, second thought about it. I mean, you're really, really tough. That's just a sign of Because <laughs> I was like, how are you going to run in coverage? Well, those guys are great. We have a fantastic <laughs> coverage unit and a good punter right now, and they didn't require me to do any type of running. So I really appreciate what those guys did for me. So. You bring up a good point with special teams. I was looking up some stats. Second in the NFL in punt return average and kickoff return average. So allowing just 2.9 yards per return on punts and about 18.4 yards per kickoff return. What about these special teams under Seeley and Smith? I mean, they're like this dynamic duo of special teams out there. (laughs) How strong are you feeling about this 
Yeah, you know what? We feel great in that room. You know, we know that um, I think going into any Sunday, you know, we match up well with teams that uh, we have an advantage with the guys that we have in our room, a bunch of guys that love to do what they to do, to play special teams, to do what they're asked to do, and, and a bunch of guys that work hard at it. Um, you know, we know that we can provide a spark for our team when they need it. If we need a big play, we know Brian can put him inside the five. We know that uh, Kaimi can give us a good ball on kickoff, and our guys are going to go down there and make a tackle. So um, I think right now everything is going well in that room. We all understand that we can get better, and we're all working to get better every week. Um, and I think that's what's special about that room is we know we can get better, and that's what we're trying to do. I'm going to get to Brian Anger, the punter, in just a minute. But first, what about the identity of special teams? You've been here long enough to remember when special teams was just where rookies went to play you know, before they could get on the field on offense or defense. And now it seems like the identity of special teams is very much its own. You've got guys that pride themselves on really contributing, that A.J. Moore, guys like Taiwan Jones and Dylan Cole before he got hurt, that really they that's what they wanted to do. That's what they were out there to do. How do you feel about that, how much that has changed this aspect of it? Yeah, life? absolutely. I think that's something that, you know, since Coach O'Brien's been here, he's stressed. He, you know, he's talked about the importance of special teams and how guys' roles, you know, if they're not, starters on offense and defense that their roles are going to be on special teams and we've got a great group of guys who have embraced that uh, you know you mentioned a few but you can go up and down our special teams units with the impact players that we have guys that have embraced the role understand why they're here how they contribute how they can contribute to this team and help this team win football games and ultimately get to the big game at the end that's everybody's goal and that's what we're striving to do all right let's get to Brian Anger he joined yeah. early on in the season you spent some time with him in training camp right. and then obviously he became the punter early on. What was that transition like for you? Was it tough to sort of switch punters like that for you? What, what are some of the challenges as a long snapper to, to work on that, that unit? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, think, uh, I don't think for us, because Brian was with us in training camp, I don't think it was as much of a transition as maybe some people think. You know, um, we, me and Brian work really well together. Uh, me, Brian, and Kaimi had plenty of reps during uh, training camp and during the preseason together. So. Um, it was just getting used to each other again, and that took maybe a week, maybe two weeks tops if you want to be super picky about it. But, um, you know, I feel like us three together, we're doing a good job. We enjoy each other, and um, we're having fun out there. And Brian's kicking the ball. He's doing a great job. Um, he's pinning those guys deep, and on our defense, it's hard to drive the length of the field. So, um, you know, we just – Brian keeps doing what he's doing. We're going to be in, in really good shape. He's second in the NFL on punting yards, and he had that 71-yarder a few weeks back. Let's, which is, let's not tell him Let's that. not tell yeah. him that. Uh, do you ever – I know we used to joke <laughs> about when Shane Leckler was here. You had an oh, over-under yeah. on how many questions before we started Every asking you about time. Shane Leckler. Yep. So I have to ask you about Shane Leckler. Do you ever bring <laughs> him up? To Brian Anger, to the guys, like, oh, well, when Shane was here, this is how he would do uh, it. You know, everybody's different, you know, and Shane was a fantastic pro, and he, he taught me a lot of things and taught me a lot of things about punting. Um, but Brian's the same way. Brian's a great pro. Brian's been doing this for a long time. So there's, nothing, true, there's nothing that, you know, I can say to Brian that Brian doesn't already himself know. So I just kind of back off. Um, you know, if it involves maybe location of a snap or how I can help him, you know, with an angle of a directional kick or something like that, me and him are all about it. We talk in depth about it, try to figure out how to make the job as easy between the both of us. But when it comes to pure punting, I'm a long snapper, not a punter. I let the expert <laughs> do that, and I just watch. I didn't know if there was some advice being offered there. All right, you've done a lot of things, obviously, many times being here for so many years, but you got a first uh, recently with the win over the Patriots, first time to get to beat them. How special was that for you? Is that 
up there in one of your career highlights so far? And, and what was it like after the win for some of the veterans like yourself? Uh, you know what? It was, it was a great win. It really was. And it, it was nice to kind of get that monkey off the back. I, I think I've played them eight or nine times since I've been a lot. here. And yes. Unfortunately, you know, until recently we hadn't got one on them. So it was definitely nice to get that win. But at the end of the day, it was it was just that. It was another win that this team really prepared for hard, went out there, played as a team, and we were able to get a good win against a very good team. So um, that's kind of how I've approached it. That's kind of how I've looked at it. I think that's kind of how our guys have looked at it. We understand the challenge that we have this week against a really good Broncos team. So as much as we enjoyed that win, we have moved on, and we're on to Denver now, and we got to get ready for a good team coming in here. All right, Sunday the Denver Broncos come here. You get to see another old favorite, Kareem Jackson. Yes. And you guys get to wear your cleats, my cause, my cleats, which uh, yes. I wanted to ask you about your cause, how you chose it, and why it's so important to you. Yeah, so first it's going to be weird to see Kareem across the field. Yes. It really will be. You know, me and Kareem came in together. I have tremendous respect for him. He was uh, the longest-tenured Texan. Right? No, we came in together. You came in. Oh, yeah, you both yeah, were Yeah, we both were in 2010. So now you are so, a sole possessor of this I am. I yes. am. But um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Kareem. Love him. Love his family. So I'm um, glad that he's doing good things over there and wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but my cause, my cleats, a fantastic uh, opportunity for us to kind of spread awareness for our different organizations. Um, I've partnered with two this year. Um, and basically they kind of play off each other. One, me and my wife have been very involved with Child Advocates since we've got here. Um, we host an annual Christmas shopping spree with Child Advocates uh, every year for Christmas. Child Advocates um, helps kids manage the foster care system, um, you know, helps kids, gives the kids a voice, um, and they do that by assigning advocates to certain cases and that kind of stuff. Something we're passionate about, helping kids, getting them involved, and um, something we'll continually be passionate about uh, as long as we you know, as long as we're here. So we're excited to partner with them again. And then the other the other one, the other shoe that I'll have is for Kirsten's crew. Oh, so you got one for each yeah, cause. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got one for each cause. And my right shoe, I believe, is for Kirsten's crew. And I don't know if many people know the story behind Kirsten's crew. Um, Kirsten was actually one of the first, she attended one of the first shopping sprees that we ever had. I think she was maybe six when she came to our, I think, second one. And... Um, it was an event that her grandmother told us inspired her to basically want to do the same thing. Wow. So she has the past four or five years created an amazing organization called Kirsten's Crew where she does the same thing. She provides shopping sprees for a bunch of different foster kids in the Houston area. Um, they've done amazing things over the past four or five years. But uh, she's not very old right this now. This is she? a, I believe this young woman is a freshman in high school. That's amazing. She is an awesome, awesome young woman with a huge heart. Um, so we're, we're uh, happy and honored to have her uh, be a part of the co uh, cause for my cleats. That's such a so. great cause. And you're hosting another shopping spree again this year. What, we are. What's, we, are. Uh, we, you know, we love doing it. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, this fun. is an annual thing yeah, for you, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We, um, we, we, we partner with Target. Um, Target's been great with us since, since we started doing it, and some of my teammates love to do it. They come every year. We'll get together with a bunch of bunch of kids that Child Advocates puts us in touch with and, and we just kind of let the kids go crazy and just have fun with them for about an hour. Um, let them go around and get what they need for Christmas and that kind of stuff. So something special that we really enjoy doing. Love seeing it too, especially this time of year. All right, John, we'll wish you best of luck for the rest of the year. And uh, that ankle, I am impressed because <laughs> you didn't miss, not only did you not miss a snap, you didn't miss a practice, you were back at practice uh, that was, week too. I was trying. I was All trying. All right, knock on wood. Best of luck for the rest Thank of the year, John. Thank you, DB. Appreciate you.
Great stuff from John Weeks. I didn't even get a chance to ask him about his daughter, Parker. She's two years old. She's super cute. He brings her out to training camp, and she's been out at the games. And uh, I know she's uh, just growing and doing well. It seems like just yesterday that he became a dad, but uh, a lot of fun catching up with John Weeks. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the Broncos. We've got Phil Milani, uh, Broncos team reporter. He's chatting about all the changes that have taken place with the new head coaching staff, a new quarterback quarterbacks I should say rather this year and uh, Kareem Jackson and what he's been up to that's all coming up right now on the Deep Slant podcast get ready for this Sunday game here in Houston how's it going today Phil good uh, happy to be on thanks for thinking of me absolutely I mean both these teams coming off uh, big wins the Broncos coming off a 23 to 20 win to their division rival Chargers let's talk about Drew Locke in his debut two touchdowns an interception no sacks in the win uh, what did he do well where can he improve what do you think uh, guys were really excited. They were feeding off his energy. Uh, that first drive he went out there, had a little bit of those jitters, but then he settled down. And, you know, I think that everybody was pretty happy with how he played. They kind of minimized the playbook a little bit for him. They let him do what he does well, got outside of the pocket a little bit. And then it helps to have a guy like Cortland Sutton who just goes up and makes these huge catches for him. I know last week Vic Fangio said that both – it could be Locke. It could be Brandon Allen. What was the deciding factor in going with Locke over Allen? And, and do you think that this is who the starting quarterback is going to be for the foreseeable future? Or, or could we still see some more changes with Denver? No, Locke is going to be the guy. He went out there and he did enough. You know, during the week, they wanted to see how Locke practiced. He did well enough. He had command of the huddle. He could uh, do the playbook, you know, those kind of things. So he showed enough during practice. They didn't name a starter until – when he ran out there on the field. I mean, so that was a little bit of a strange situation, but they saw enough from him and he said, hey, you don't need to wait anymore. Next week, Locke is definitely the starter, and I think he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. You mentioned Cortland Sutton. He had those two touchdowns in the win over the Chargers. Uh, what makes him so hard to defend, and how is it that he's able to develop that chemistry so quickly, especially with all the different quarterbacks that you've had under center this year? Yeah, Locke is the third quarterback that they've uh, – started this year so he's cycled through him but you know Sutton I think he's really taken a big step this is his second season you know we saw some flashes of that as a rookie the thing that makes him so hard to defend is his size and his stride I mean his first couple of steps off the line of scrimmage he really drives into the, the, the defensive back and then it gets them off balance a little bit and then he's been able to make some incredible catches this year I mean the touchdown he had on that first drive that was so big because it let everybody calm down a little bit. Locke kind of settled in after that, and then, um, you know, they, they were off and running. But he's really been able to make these big plays down the field. Last season, he was more of like a 50-50 kind of guy. He'd go up and just, you know, high point the ball. Over the off season, he said he worked on his route running. His whole route tree is complete now. And he's really been able to play a, what, I, what a lot of people around here think is a promo level. Speaking of the Pro Bowl, I saw Philip Lindsay there last year, even though he was out for the season by the time the Pro Bowl run, uh, came around. He was really just setting the world on fire as an undrafted rookie running back last year, and he, it doesn't seem to be slowing down much uh, in his second season, even with all the changes that are going on there in the offense. Where have you seen the most growth from Lindsay this year? Just being able to do it more on a consistent basis. Last year, he would bust a couple of big plays long, you know, down the field. He would, he'd catch the ball in open space and then take off. 
this year he's really developed his uh, running game a little bit more. He's more patient to let the blocks develop, and then once he sees the hole, he can burst through it. He's so fast. His feet are so quick. And then on top of all that, he's still got this chip on his shoulder from being an undrafted guy. He just plays with such tenacity, and he, he just changes when he goes on the field because in the locker room, such a nice guy. Once he steps onto the field, he becomes this other guy, and you know he runs hard. Rarely does he just go out of bounds when he's taking one to the sideline. He, he puts his foot in the ground and makes you tackle him. So um, he just brings a different energy and attitude to that running, running back room. I know when the season started for the Broncos is a bit of a rough go. They, they went 0-4 before winning back-to-back games against the Chargers and the Titans. It's the first season for Vic Fangio as the head coach. What do you think was the key to really turning things around for the Broncos this year and, and overcoming some adversity early on? Uh, it was sort of a strange start to the season. The Broncos lost on Monday Night Football in Oakland, and then they lost on a last-second field goal to the Bears. So then, you know, they were 0-2, and, and, you know, you heard all these statistics about how 0-2 teams don't make the playoffs and that sort of thing. And then once they became 0-4, I think they just said, let's forget about, you know, what's at the end of the season and that type of thing. Just focus on a week-to-week type of thing. They were able to win two games in a row, but – Really, this whole season has been a roller coaster for them. Uh, Joe Flacco gets injured against the Colts. He's done for the season, and then they, they didn't feel like Drew Locke was quite ready enough to go right after that. Uh, Locke hurt his thumb in the preseason, so he had been on IR for the whole time. So then they, they start Brandon Allen. He beat the Browns, uh, and they were able to get something rolling a little bit. Then they go on the road, lose two games. They start Drew Locke. And then they have a big win against the Chargers. So it's it's really been this up-and-down season. The one constant throughout all of that, though, has been the defense. This Broncos defense is, is pretty tough. They're top five in a lot of categories. Um, and they're the that's the side of the ball that's really been keeping the Broncos in some of these games. On the offensive side of the ball, they haven't been able to score more than 24 points all season. So um, that's been an area where – they keep getting to 14, 20 points or so, and then the offense just stalls out. So um, the defense has been the side of the ball that's really been keeping the Broncos around all season long. It's even more impressive considering uh, early on in the season the Broncos lost Bradley Chubb for the year. Who really stepped up in his place, and how can you replace a guy like that that's just so talented as a pass rusher? Yeah, there was so much expectations for Bradley Chubb this season especially because of what Vic Fangio was able to do last year with Khalil Mack in Chicago. The expectations were through the roof for him, similar body type to Khalil Mack. And, you know, the book ends there with Bradley Chubb on one side and Von Miller on the other side. They thought that those two were just going to put up huge numbers this season. And, you know, when Chubb went down, that was such a shock to the locker room. And then um, they've really been doing it by committee, replacing his side of the ball uh, they have an undrafted free agent in Malik Reed. He stepped up as a rookie. He's played some big minutes down the stretch. Uh, Justin Hollins is a rookie out of Oregon. They've had him in there, and they've just sort of cycled through guys, through guys at that spot, trying to get some uh, some sacks or some QB pressures there. And on the other side of the ball, Von Miller has not put up the huge numbers that we've expected. You know, he's had double-digit sacks in the last, I think it's five years straight. Um, not been able to quite get back to that level um, so far this season. He missed a game last week against the Chargers, and 
his status for this this upcoming game against the Texans is really up in the air. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Vaughn Miller because it seems like he never misses any games. It's been years since he's missed a game. Uh, also, defensive end Derek Wolf went down with the elbow injury. What can you tell us about his status? Uh, looks like he may be done for the season. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Vic Fangio said that Derek Wolf most likely done for the season. He dislocated his elbow on such a fluke play. It was a false start by the Chargers, and uh, half the guys were still playing. They didn't hear the whistle, and a, a teammate rolled up in, into him. He fell over, hurt his elbow. Um, so he is done for the season. I don't think he's going to need surgery, but uh, for Derek Wolf personally, this was the final year of his contract, so his future in Denver is sort of up in the air right now. As for Von Miller, he has played in 91 consecutive regular season games. He had a long streak, uh, 95 games, including a playoff. So um, that was a surprise to see him not be able to go last week. Uh, he's dealing with a bit of a knee injury. He went out there during uh, pregame warm-ups and tried to test it out and ultimately decided, hey, uh, it's not worth it. Um, Fangio on Monday said that he thinks that he'll be able to play this week, but uh, he was not able to uh, – say that with 100% certainty. Uh, a reporter asked him if surgery was going to be needed, um, and he said he didn't think so. So uh, sort of up in the air right now. And, in fact, I think that the last time uh, Von Miller missed a game, it was because he tore his ACL, and that happened the last time the Broncos played a regular season game in Houston. Yeah, I thought that was, what, 2013 or so? 2013, yeah, toward the end of the season. That was the game when uh, Peyton That was Manning. the Peyton Manning game. I was there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That, that's a season yeah. to forget. But, yeah, wow, that's amazing. 95 straight <laughs> games for Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Tremendous. All right, let's talk about Kareem Jackson. How has he adjusted to life in Denver? I see that he's continued his success with KJAC TV over there. Uh, what what do Broncos fans like about seeing KJAC out there? Yeah, KJAC has been a, a tremendous addition to the locker room. All the guys love his veteran presence. Uh he he's just a funny guy in the locker room. We yeah we tried to keep we stole the K Jack from you guys. Um, really funny guy in the locker room, and then out on the field, a serious no nonsense kind of guy. Uh, at least he has been so far here in Denver because he doesn't miss tackles. He brings a physical presence there, and uh, you know the one game he missed for the Broncos this season uh, against the Jaguars, Leonard Fournette ran for more than 200 yards, and. Uh, you plug him back in the next week, and the running game goes away. So uh, he's been tremendous. Uh, the safety position in Sanjio's team is so important. They have to come up and stop the run. They play deep. They get a lot of freedom to operate. And uh, he's really helped out his fellow safety and Justin Simmons. Simmons is having a career season this year. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just what KJAC has been able to bring to that, that secondary. I'm glad to see he's having success uh, on TV. We've continued his legacy with B-Scar TV with Brennan Scarlett. So uh, okay. all's well that ends well. And uh, two former, <laughs> two, <laughs> two players facing former teams this week. Bradley Roby facing the Broncos and Kareem Jackson facing uh, the Texans for the first time in their career. Should be interesting. Yeah, uh, we talked to Justin Simmons uh, today, and he was saying that uh, King Jack was, uh, got up in front of the DBs uh, and said, okay, here's some of these guys' tendencies. Here's what to look for. So, you know, I'm sure that happens everywhere when uh, you're facing your former team. And, yeah, Bradley Roby, we miss him around here. He was a great guy. Of course, he was part of the no-fly zone secondary when the Broncos went on and won Super Bowl 50. So uh, I saw that he had a big game last week against the Patriots. 
an interception and a sack. So uh, I'm sure he'll be hungry to face his former team too. I love seeing those plays. He had missed about five games with an injury, so that was his first game back. It was a welcome, welcome surprise to see him back out on the field. All right, Phil, thank you so much. What are some of the storylines you're working on this week? Uh, we just uh, we do a bunch of different things here. We do a lot of like sort of a weekly segment. So we do uh, something called the out route. We work on that every week where we take a player and we walk from the locker room in, out to the car with a guy. That's always a fun kind of hey Jackie type uh, segment we like to do every week. So uh, we got that coming up here, and uh, just excited to go to Houston and face a you know another tough challenge for the Broncos. You know, a couple of weeks ago we went to Minnesota and the Broncos were up big at halftime and let that one slip away. So I think the guys like to use these games as a measuring stick to see, you know, where where the Broncos are, where the team is right now. And, you know, after letting that Vikings game slip away, I think that they're excited to uh, face another team that's one of the best in the AFC. So, uh, you know, probably no playoffs in the future here for the Broncos this season, but, you know, facing tests like the Texans, gives the Broncos an opportunity to get excited for a game. Sounds good. Phil Milani, reporter for the Denver Broncos. Phil, thanks so much for the time, and we look forward to seeing you here on Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll say hi. Should be a fun game on Sunday, and these next few weeks, I cannot believe we are down to the last month of the regular season. Hopefully we can keep it going, keep this podcast going as well. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, uh, tune in, and the Texans mobile app. Give us some feedback. Who'd you like to see and hear on the podcast? You can also see this podcast, um, the video version, on HoustonTexans.com. We put up the deep slant every week as well if you want to see what your players are doing. Sometimes, you know, some people like to watch the interview rather than listen to it. That's also available for your consumption. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. The Deep Slant Podcast is presented by Xfinity. You can check it out and check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest on your favorite team. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening, and go Texans.